This is Matt Connickson. I'm a sales agronomist with CHX Ag Services in Oakley, Minnesota. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Randy Conan. We'll also hear reports from Tyler Donaldson and Whitney Pittman. The attacks by Houthi rebels on the Red Sea have resulted in major ocean carriers rerouting around the southern tip of Africa, adding time and cost to global shipments. South Dakota Representative Dusty Johnson was part of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee hearing yesterday, voicing concerns about the supply chain disruptions. Of course, I have talked to some shippers who are a little concerned that these reroutes could create an opportunity for not just reasonable fee and rate adjustments, but perhaps unreasonable fee and rate adjustments, really with a process that doesn't have a tremendous amount of transparency. Johnson and Minnesota Representative Angie Craig, part of a bipartisan supply chain caucus. That group has sent a letter to the Biden administration asking it to secure Red Sea shipping lanes and restore safe passage of trade in the region. Stonex Director of Fertilizer Josh Linville says urea prices continue to push higher as we move closer to spring. Yeah, we've seen a bump up on urea values. Uh, that has been more of a reaction to the international market moving higher than it has been anything based in North America. But, I mean, again, when it moves, so do we. So we're all along with the world. UAN has been relatively steady and hydro has been steady, uh, as has potash. Phosphate is still showing a little bit of strength out there just on very tight supplies. Uh, phosphate's still a little bit of an enigma to me. And Linville says phosphate continues to be extremely high priced. When you start to look at the phosphate price versus grains, it is incredibly high. I know the DAP corn ratio that we track, we started 2024 with that ratio being the second highest ever for the first week of the year, going all the way back to 1989. Fifth Annual North Dakota Livestock Summit took place yesterday in Fargo. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Whitney Pittman has more. We're talking with North Dakota Pork Council Executive Director Tamara Hines. Uh, gave a, a legislative update during your guys' annual meeting here. Uh, talked a little bit about some of the things that went on this uh, last session and some of the opportunities for expansion in the livestock sector, but especially pork here that were brought about by the, the last session here. Talk about that a little bit. So the last session was uh, very friendly to animal ag in North Dakota. We saw some of the restrictions with the corporate farming law loosened up, and we saw some uh, funds set aside for county site assessments, for livestock-friendly county designations. So there's some real positive things that have happened. And, and in fact, I, I find it interesting. Some people are wondering, like, we made all these changes and we opened up all the, these laws, and where are all the barns? So right now the pig industry is not as profitable as it should be so we're not in an expansion phase right now so we're kind of in a reduction phase because we have more supply than we have demand so when that changes around and it will because the cycles are in the pig business are are pretty short when that turns around we're going to be in, the, in, in a good place and opportunity to be able to to set these farms up and, and have some expansion in our industry happen in our state so we're looking forward to that in the meantime we're going to be trying to get ready by making sure that we find the best sites possible for integrators that may want to come from uh, other states in here and then we're also going to be doing whatever work we can for producer education to help farmers that maybe don't have any background in raising pigs that are looking at pigs to diversify their operations so when the time is right we'll have hopefully have what we need to get started. 
And you guys have some, on the promotion side of things, some exciting things coming up here in 2024 as well. Yeah, so the biggest thing is that we're going to participate in the um, Fargo Rib Fest this year, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, They say there's like 40,000 people come through in the four days that we're there, so we're looking to hopefully have some interaction with uh, consumers, and if they have questions for pig farmers, we're going to be there to answer them. So we're looking forward to that. Anytime we can get into a larger metropolitan area and we can tell our story, we're always we always look forward to those opportunities, and then we're planning on tailgating with the North Dakota Soybean Council for the NDSU-UND game uh, this fall in October, so we're looking forward to that, and those will be the two biggest events. We we have host or sponsor a lot of rib fest throughout the state, so um, we always look forward to you know helping out whatever community functions we can. So, All right, well, anything else, uh, North Dakota pork business, you want to touch on or highlight before we let you go? No, we're looking forward to uh, hiring a swine extension specialist at NDSU. We haven't had one since 2015, I believe, and we're looking forward to getting that person on board. And and we're looking at making some expansions in the hog barns at the university. So we're looking forward to support those efforts, and hopefully we'll get those where we need to be. All right. Well, thank you so much. Again, Tamara Hines joining us here on the Red River Farm Network. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Wednesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Federal Reserve will wrap up its monthly meeting this afternoon. Pluto Commodities market analyst Dominic Vericchio says traders will be watching for interest rate indications. So we'll get a little guidance on interest rate policy here in through the first half of the year. And that may be a factor as well. If they decide to go ahead and keep rates steady or even give us a prediction as to when they'll start cutting them again, we do need to pay a little attention to the dollar. Lower rates should lower the value of the dollar and thus boost our exports in grain. So there may be even a little bit of a macro play going on in front of Federal Reserve meeting. Labor continues to be a major issue for the National Association of State Departments of Agriculture. NASDA Senior Director of Public Policy, R.J. Carney, says labor reform is a high priority for NASDA. The number one issue we consistently hear about is the need to have labor reform. And right now, um, especially with regards to seasonal workers and the H-2A program. It's simply complex. Uh, regulations are, are constantly changing, and it's very expensive. And Carney says there are a few areas that NASDA wants included in any labor reform. Uh, those going to be really showing recognition for the current unauthorized workforce in the United States. Um, the second one would be including... Uh, a program for year-round workers to fill gaps in the livestock and, and forestry industries. And then, in addition, we'll need to provide greater flexibility uh, for workers, for employers, to meet the labor needs uh, without any arbitrary limits. And then, lastly, need to establish what a market-based approach to wages that are fair to the employee and the employer Progress continues on new crush facility at Castleton, North Dakota. North Dakota Soybean Processors Commercial Manager Bill McBee says marketing byproducts will be a big factor for the new plant. 
Out of a, a bushel of soybeans, 20% of it is oil. So 80% of it is a soybean meal and soy hull pallets. And so we still got to find a market for those as well. Um, so soybean meal is going to run 46% protein. Um, that'll go into the livestock feed. Uh, what we don't sell here in North Dakota, we'll look to move um, to Minnesota, to Canada, uh, or into the export market in the PNW. And then lastly, we'll be making soy hull pellets. It's a real high fiber product that's good hay substitute. So some of the cattle feeders out there can uh, probably use those at times. And construction remains on schedule. There, we appreciate this weather a lot better, especially for we got 300 people on site doing work, and so it's a lot better for them as well. But, you know, we're moving forward. We hope to be dumping beans in July uh, with the startup there, like I said, later in the summer, and uh, excited about the opportunity to get running. Warm weather across the midsection of the United States, generating some concern about the winter wheat crop. USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says big temperature swings are the issue. We have seen temperature swings exceeding 100 degrees Fahrenheit over the last two weeks. We've pretty much flushed a lot of the snow out of the Great Plains region, especially the high plains, and that does leave the crop exposed, winter wheat exposed to potential weather extremes as we head into February. And so far, the winter wheat has not broken dormancy. We have not seen enough warmth to this point to coax the crop out of dormancy. But if this type of warmth were to continue the next several weeks, then we could see an early breaking of dormancy. That would expose the crop to much more greater likelihood of seeing spring freeze damage because we're coming out of dormancy so early. Cattle markets moved higher yesterday as traders positioned ahead of today's USDA cattle inventory report. Progressive Ag Marketing market analyst Brian Strumman says the trade is expecting friendly numbers. And they're expecting the cow herd to, to uh, be down, I think, over uh, close to 2.6% from the July numbers for the beef cows. And again, smaller numbers uh, in that report. And that's offering, offering some strength to the live cattle. You've also got a uh, firm tone in the boxes over the last couple of weeks, and the cash market was up 2 to $3 last week. Uh, the feeders, uh, again, are, have been the leaders here as of late. And the lean hog market continued to move higher as well. Uh, Chinese hog prices are up 10% uh, so far this year. Uh, exports were decent last week. We've got 10-week highs in the cutouts and four-month highs in the futures today. Uh, been up I think the last six sessions uh, as far as the the lean hogs go. So another good day there and green numbers across the board as far as the meat complex. You're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good morning. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. Throughout the week, the Red River Farm Network is hosting a series of spotlight interviews highlighting recent NDSU faculty hires. In this spotlight, Red River Farm Network's Tyler Donaldson talks with NDSU Assistant Professor of Soil Health, Kirsten Butcher. Your undergrad degree is in biology and environmental sciences, yet it seems that there's also a fair amount of chemistry involved with your research. Is there a bit of a balance there, or does one seem to outweigh the other? So I think it definitely is very chem-heavy, but I think that's just kind of an unfortunate consequence that the biological component is really difficult to measure. Like, there are still so many unanswered questions when it comes to soil microbes and what they do and, you know, whether or not we can manage land to make them happy and crops happy. 
Your position at NDSU is 90% research and 10% education. Can you share with us some of the focus of your research and any projects that you're working on or have coming up soon? Right now, research-wise, I am predominantly focusing on soil organic matter and carbon sequestration and how that's mediated by microbes and then things like soil texture and mineralogy. What we're learning right now are how the science is evolving. We're finding that not all forms of carbon in soil are created equally, and then similarly, not all soils are created equally. The idea would be how can we add good carbon to the soil that actually gets sequestered and then what's the storage capacity of different soils so a big kind of pattern that we see is that finer textured soils tend to store more carbon and the reason is because their particle surface area is much larger compared to a coarser textured soil so the question becomes okay great we have finer textured soils can sequester a lot of carbon are there management strategies we can utilize that would improve the storage capacity in coarser textured soils that are just inherently less capable of storing carbon. What role do microbes play in crop production and how important are they to that process? The more we understand, the more we realize that microbes are really the primary drivers of stable, sequestered soil organic carbon. So the stuff we think about when we think of really fertile soils is developed or originates from microbes and kind of like byproducts of the metabolic processes that they perform. Those are just important just so we can kind of pinpoint what soils can store more carbon for, so maybe where we need to direct our management practices. But then also from the perspective of things like carbon credits. So it's like, okay, well, how much could this produce? or get if he starts enacting more climate-smart agriculture practices to store carbon in soil. This is how much more carbon he can add, and this is kind of the return on investments that he could see. That was NDSU Assistant Professor of Soil Health, Kirsten Butcher. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. Checking markets before we leave you this morning. March wheat Minneapolis down seven and three quarters cents. Chicago March wheat's down seven and three quarters, and Kansas City March wheat's down seven and a quarter. March corn down a penny and a half at four forty-six and a quarter. July's down one and three quarters. March soybeans down seven and a quarter at twelve eleven and a half. May down six and three quarters. And in Winnipeg, March canola, uh, $7.90 a metric ton lower at six oh five sixty Canadian. Checking the farm calendar, uh, NDSU Extension uh, has set the, a 20, uh, the 2024 Best of the Best in Wheat Research and Marketing in Western North Dakota. That will be at the Grand Hotel in Minot beginning this morning at 8.30. Also, the CattleCon, Cattle Industry Convention and Trade Show, uh, kicks off today. Don Wick en route to that. We'll hear from him uh, during the noon show today and throughout the rest of the week. National Hard Spring Wheat Show in Williston set for tomorrow at the Williston Grand Hotel. That begins at 8 a.m. as well. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. This is the Red River Farm Network.